Graham texted me this morning and asked me uh, if I had any hymns that I would like played. And uh, <clears throat> I texted him back saying something like, uh, I'm sure your choice will be inspired. And that was that. And I was sitting, I was kind of thinking about what I was going to be talking about this morning at the time. I realised a certain part of what I was going to be talking about. And uh, he thought, came across me, I thought, I should have asked him to sing Jesus Loves Me. So, uh, <laughs> so I was standing there thinking, I was getting blessed with my socks when he was playing it, you know, but I was, I was kind of standing. Is this okay, yeah? I think so, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was standing there uh, just thinking. Uh, I can maybe guessed it because uh, that's the kind of generation I come from, you know, that yes, Jesus loves me. Uh, I didn't realise that till I was a bit older than that generation, if you know what I mean. But uh, what, uh, what, what he didn't know was that Chris and I uh, had the privilege on Friday night uh, of speaking to a young fella, but I can't remember, the back of ten at night. Uh, he came in off the street, uh, and we just had the privilege of sharing a wee bit, uh, no fireworks or anything like that, but uh, we spoke about quite a few things but the, the, I think the biggest single thing that we, we told the boy was that, that uh, Jesus loved him so uh, it's a good message for everybody anyway, better get started I'll be here all day <clears throat> I think I'll say a prayer first before we start it. Lord we thank you for your presence already in this place this morning Lord we just pray as we continue in testimony in your word, Lord, that, that that presence will deepen among us, Lord, that your anointing will be evident among us, Lord, both for the speaker and for the hearers, Lord. And that anointing will break any yokes that need broken, Lord, in Jesus' name. Glorify your name through what happens in this place this morning. Amen. I'd kind of like to thank just the, the leadership in New Beginnings for asking me to do this. Uh, I know it's a wee bit formal and things like that, but uh, it's uh, an awesome uh, responsibility for people that uh, are looking after a, a, a fellowship and uh, looking after a, a platform uh, where God's words to go forward. From. So uh, I'm honoured and I'd just like to acknowledge that. Uh, Isaiah 62 For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness and all, all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen in your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem, and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm 
Never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies, and never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your saviour comes. See his reward is with him, and his reward accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought after, the city no longer deserted. Amen. Amen. We were at a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago and Hazel was along and she prayed a prayer and there was a bit of a kind of prophetic uh, element to the prayer. I think Graham and I spoke about it afterwards. Uh, the two verses out of that uh, passage that she picked out was uh, <laughs> verses 6 and 7. It says uh, what, what she did was for the Jerusalem and things like that, she, she substituted Moody's mum and it was, it was quite a powerful uh, time. I've posted watchmen in your walls, O Moody's burn. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Moody's burn and makes her the praise of the earth. I don't always go with things like that, putting words in the Bible and stuff, but it was powerful and I can't deny it. And, uh, I've actually been kind of meditating a bit on that, that passage uh, since then, and, and the Lord's been uh, using it to teach me things, to show me things uh, and I don't think it was any coincidence, I think it was last week's prayer meeting, I get, I can I get them mixed up but uh, I think it was Sheila, certainly somebody anyway prayed about uh, uh, giving no rest, persevering with the Lord, giving the Lord no rest until his will is done so I'll leave that for the moment uh, I wasn't sure who's going to be here, and, uh, although I think everybody kind of knows me of a fashion. Uh, me like you, we don't really know each other, so I thought I'd, I'd do a bit of personal testimony. First of all, just to uh, uh, ease me in a wee bit. And, uh, uh, who am I? Uh, East End of Glasgow. Uh, that usually gets that usually gets a jeer or a boo or something, you know. It usually, usually stimulates it. You're all very polite, you know. Uh, seriously, East End of Glasgow. Uh, that conjures up whatever in your head. Uh, that's over to you. Uh, people for for Glasgow, uh, their reputation kind of goes before them, and, and we're all either from Glasgow or close enough to Glasgow to know it's not really true. But the paradoxes kind of quite amuse me. Uh, just when, I, just when I kind of think about it, you know, folks from Glasgow get the reputation of being kind of straight talking, and in one sense they are, but in another sense there's always two or three other wee angles kind of going on in the in the agenda kind of thing, you know. And uh, there's kind of, there's other things as well. Uh, you know, there's that kind of what would you say? A kind of great a great kind of saying in Glasgow households, you know, the your uncles and your feathers and things like that uh, is not to get too big for your boots and uh, stuff like that, you know, you get dragged down you laugh, somebody laugh there, no? Uh, 
but to get too big for your boots but there's another the paradox is that if you come from Glasgow you've got to be kind of gallus as well you know so you, you, on the one hand you're going to get pulled this way and then you go to your pals and you've got to kind of put the front on you know so uh, praise God we're through that hopefully anyway you know and uh, I'm trying to paint a picture of uh, an ordinary man really uh, I'll, I'll my goodness I'll be here all day Graham Chris, Chris is very faithful on a Friday night and he comes out and I was giving him a lift home and the nights that I give him a lift home he usually preaches me a wee sermon between Moody'sburn and Cumberland Hall, you know and he, he was telling me, he was telling me I, obviously I had, a rough, I had an idea what I was going to be talking about this morning and uh, so he starts telling me about one of my favourite passages in Acts and uh, uh, I had a wee smile to myself and just kind of left it at that but the Glasgow thing, what I'm trying to go over is the, the kind of ordinary man. I, I'm an ordinary man, and I know everybody else here would, would say that they're, they're ordinary men. And praise God for that, because the passage that Chris was talking about was, was when God used Peter and John to heal the crippled beggar. And later on, after, after the incident happened, they go before the leaders, the priests, and the, the Sanhedrin, I think it was for memory, and uh, they, they put their case, and, and they're astonished with the authority by which these ordinary men are speaking and they took note that they've been with Jesus so it's good to be an ordinary man I've skimmed through my testimony I'm not going to go into any of the sordid details and they're there uh, because I really want uh, this morning to be kind of going in a different direction for that but I'll uh, I'll just get them more or less out of the road at the moment by acknowledging that uh, there were many uh, and varied. When I was a youngster, uh, <coughs> my dad was an alcoholic, and uh, my mother worked. So I, I spent my kind of formative years with my grandparents, who were in a, in a, in a Glasgow way, a kind of godly couple. Uh, salt of the earth kind of thing uh, the other next door to a church my grandfather didn't keep good health and he was a kind of caretaker so he was in the place every day all day every day almost and uh, the snapper toggled along behind him and kicked a ball or whatever I was allowed to, to do so then I went to Sunday school and all the stuff you know that, uh, certainly people in my generation it was, it was pretty common but I was probably a wee bit closer to church in a kind of literal sense than, uh, than most kids would have been uh, so that was that. In those days, they used to have a thing called the Band of Hope, and uh, I kind of remember what age I was, but I was about, I reckon about seven, and uh, I was in this meeting on a Friday night. They used to let the kids in, and the kids could stand in the chairs and stamp their feet. That, that was the kind of deal. Uh, I. The, one night there was a, a there was an evangelist, always a, a speaker, usually like an old man, back in a grey suit, of, you know, he looked mine at the moment, you know that kind of idea. And uh, there was a, there was an evangelist speaking, and uh, I was sitting there. Uh, I didn't, I obviously knew this, but I'd suppressed this. So I'll hopefully kind of touch into it later on, because uh, I, in some kind of whatever way, I had suppressed this for a long time, and in the last couple of years, the Lord's been been taking me back to this time, and uh, and showing me stuff from it 
But basically, uh, the guy was preaching the gospel, and uh, it must have the Lord must have been near me. The Lord, the Lord was near me, uh, and I was a wee boy. Whether it was my selfishness, whether it was a devil that stole it, well, you can speculate. I, I don't know yet myself, but I believe I will know someday. But basically, I just not in a cheeky way, probably in a kind of reverent way. But Jesus wasn't going to be for me at that time and that, that, that was that uh, that was a skim through my younger years teenage years and stuff like that just a big laugh just a big in a worldly sort of a way and I kind of know not in a great way but in a uh, sin came in I remember sin my father got sober uh, through Alcoholics Anonymous he met his higher power uh, he uh, as I say, it was, a, it was a big teenage years. It was a big laugh in a worldly sense. My twenties, I get married to the family. Uh, very thankful for that. Uh, went into a business partnership with an older man who cheated on me. I get soured and uh, my head get wasted uh, through anger, rage, all these kind of things. You know, and a, and a thousand dollar things that I probably didn't didn't even know existed at the time. Uh, Malice. Uh, I used to say. I, mean, I mentioned earlier about sin, and I used to. I used to say I had. I had did all the sin, but I've never murdered anybody. But I think I actually did. I think I mur- murdered that guy in my heart. And uh, fortunately, I get saved after that. And the Lord's uh, delivered me through these kind of thoughts. You know, but uh, but that, that that was my twenties anyway. Uh, and. Uh, that screwed me up for a couple of years and I was a twisted uh, nasty type of person uh, my 30s I started a business on my own and uh, I was pretty deep in sin in, in, in the world and uh, I was coming to a kind of realisation that really I was a bit of fraud you know, it was just a real hollowness, you know, an emptiness inside me and so on and so forth uh, my dad passed away around about my middle 30s and uh, uh, I was at his funeral and there was, there was something that, that happened that, that uh, I think with hindsight the Lord uh, used it but uh, at the time it was just an incident that was uh, quite touching but uh, we were at the funeral parlour and as you're doing you're ushering your aunties into the cars and all that kind of stuff and I noticed a guy standing leaning against railings across the road it was down at Duke Street in Denison if anybody knows the place and uh, so anyway I, I see him and I goes over and uh, uh, obviously I knew a lot of my dad's cronies and stuff like that so uh, uh, he looked like as if he could be one of them he's, he's an older guy but he had a right lived in face and he'd been on the block a few times and he was standing leaning against the fence and I went over and I says we're going to the crematorium would you like me to arrange a lift for you he says no son it's okay I says did you know Jim he says aye he says he was the straightest man I've ever met in my life so I don't know, maybe it's because I come from Glasgow, but to me that's like the ultimate compliment in Glasgow. You don't get people saying things like that, you know, very easily anyway. So anyway, like that, that, uh, life moved on a bit, and uh, to cut a long story short, uh, I had kind of pretty well went full circle, and I was a very tormented person. I said about the business, the business was going fine in a worldly sort of a way, uh, which isn't fine at all really, but I was tormented, and... Uh, 
I can't emphasise the torment enough and, and there's, only, there's only, if anybody's ever tormented about there's only one place that tor- torment comes from. Uh, but I was tormented, I was very tormented and I'd been, work I'd done around the clock all weekend or so and so forth, the whole, the whole thing and uh, I couldn't go to work regularly. Uh, so that sounds a bit more dramatic than it actually was but it was dramatic enough for me. I was going in a two and three days a week and then maybe another day I was get in for a couple of hours and I just need to jump my car and go home. This had gone on for quite, I can't remember how long, post six months to a year. And uh, that was basically me. And, and, and very, very simply, one day I was sitting in my office one afternoon, uh, the 19th of August in 1994, if you're interested, I've read about half two. And uh, uh, it, was just, it was just too much. And I left the office and I, kind of th- I think I must have thought I was going home again or something like that. I drove around the corner and I parked my car up and I don't really know what happened but all I know is that I was lying over my steering wheel uh, sobbing, tears, snotters, the whole, the whole deal. And uh, the only things I really remember say- saying was uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. And uh, at that time uh, the other significant thing uh, that I remember was that I've heard people testifying to this before there was a weight in my shoulders literally lifted off in that car and it was it was glorious and I met the truth uh, that day and when you really meet the truth there's only you could, there's only one way to go so to the best of my ability and uh, with God's grace I've kind of tried to do that since then so that was me getting saved. I had experienced a personal revival, and uh, I was a happy chappy. And literally, the sky was bluer, and I nearly said the sky was greener. There. The sky was bluer, the grass was greener, and all that kind of stuff that you hear people talking about. And it literally was. Uh, two or three <coughs> things fairly immediately after I get saved. Uh, I was a big smoker, uh, and smoking was uh, was. Had a grip on me. Uh, I know people smoke and stop smoking and willpower and all that kind of thing, and praise God for things like that. But that wasn't what it was like with me. Smoking, smoking had a grip on me. Smoking, I, I now know. I didn't know at the time. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I stopped smoking first of all. I was lying in my bed on a Sunday after I get saved, and I was deciding what church to go to about six o'clock in the morning, and. It wasn't the audible voice, but the Lord spoke into my ear and said, you need to stop smoking. And I said, out loud, you're kidding. And, but I knew, I knew the voice and I stopped and I never had a pang for one. And after a week or so, how pathetic can you really get? I started buying polo mints just so that people knew that I had stopped smoking kind of thing. Absolutely pathetic, but what <laughs> can I made that way, you know? So there you go. But um, not, not a thing. Totally delivered through smoking. As I was saying when I interrupted myself, uh, the smoking was... Um, it, it was really symbolic of my rebellion. And, I, and it went. And I think really that's why the Lord delivered me from it. Uh, I picked up the Bible and I just couldn't put it down. My wife was a Christian and she has Bibles about the house. And uh, I glanced at them now and again. What a nonsense kind of attitude as you do. 
and uh, I picked up the and I literally couldn't put it down for about two years. Uh, so I, I was uh, that that was me. Fortunately for me, and I'm, I'm glad Mavis is here because uh, I started going to a church town in Millerston, and, and uh, fortunately coincidence and stuff like that. We started this uh, discipleship group. They called it. It was known as the Two Seven, the Two Seven Group. It was uh, based in Colossians, one of Graham's favourite passages, uh, chapter two, verse seven. Uh, I went there and that was that was just wonderful. Uh, it got you into your Bible and I, I spent many a uh, blessed time in my bedroom doing my homework as we called it. Uh, the Lord was wonderful. One of, one of the, the <coughs> significant things about that was it encouraged you to commit uh, Bible scripture verses to memory. And uh, <coughs> my first reaction was no brainwashing me, but I, I, I bent the knee, so to speak, and that was a, one of the most wonderful things that I've ever done. And, uh, and subsequent, that was very early in my uh, t- time of the Lord, and in subsequent weeks and months, I literally, when the enemy was coming in heavy, uh, I literally hung on to some of the memory verses. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to have them in your locker when uh, you've not got a book handy. Uh, so I would, I would encourage you to do that. Um, during the course of that, I mean, the, the Lord really wrapped me in cotton wool and really, really looked after me. Uh, but uh, one, one of the things uh, that I'm thankful for was, was I mentioned a lot of blessed times in, in Bible study and so on and so forth, but uh, there was one thing that the Lord revealed to me one time, and, uh, and basically it was really that when I had got saved, that that was my time. And if I hadn't chosen them then, I was going to hell. And it was dead simple. And Glasgow people do like straight talk. And I think we all know that. And it's really, really... <coughs> praise his name. Ever since his word... If you let it, his word just tells you the truth. And it's dead simple. And just read it, listen, do it, get blessed, move on get mature be of service uh, a lot of ways I'm preaching the converted but there you go uh, so I'd experienced a personal revival that, that's a point uh, that I'd like to make out of that uh, I've been quite an active Christian since I got saved uh, in uh, whether it was the church I was in or involved with a men's ministry and you, you get involved with lots of different denominations and different things and we went we went to Africa once and so I've kind of been around a wee bit anyway, you know and uh, I've gone in and out of churches and I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way because I, 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 I don't, don't misunderstand me here I want to talk about new beginnings but I want to make this point so I can talk about new beginnings later on but I've heard a thousand prayers for revival in different churches and I've never really got the witness to them, that was my understanding of revival, and my understanding of revival was when I get saved, and I never get, I never get, I never get the witness. It was well-intentioned prayers, and I'll need to answer for, for what I'm saying someday, and I'm very aware of that. And they were of God, but they were for revival, but there wasn't a spirit of revival in the prayer. That's what I'm trying to say. I walked here one day, long story short, and I thought, wow, just walked in. I, never, I mean, there was 
I don't even know if anything was happening at the time the meeting had started or not. And uh, I really felt it was home, loved it, still do. And uh, I think I testified a wee while ago in the coffee house uh, that the, 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 we've, we've all got different kind of views on the, on uh, our walk with the Lord. But the, the, the view I've got in new beginnings, the kind of spiritual, it, it's the bride of Christ. That, that's, what I, that's what I see new beginnings as, the bride of Christ. I was sitting with a couple of my pals for the men's ministry and one of them used to be a gangster and the other one was a guy that was saved I think probably quite early maybe in his teens or so we're all much the same, same age so you can guess what that is uh, so the guy that was a gangster we were waiting for somebody else coming so we were just killing time the guy that, was, that had been the thug he uh, piped up he was talking about Paul being the, the Wretch and the worst sinner and all that kind of stuff, you know. And he was saying that he must have been because he was a gangster and they did bad stuff to people and they could have a catalogue of stuff, you know. And uh, <coughs> the other guy uh, piped up with, with his testimony and basically that he, he had been saved when he was about 14 or so and he had kind of walked in a kind of nominal sort of a way with the Lord. I think he was, he was truly saved, but he'd walked in a nominal way with the Lord. And uh, he had got older and he had been voted on to committees and things that you do in churches and things like that, but he, he hadn't really been working with the Lord in, in his heart, really, you know. That, really, I mean. And uh, that, that was kind of his testimony. And uh, he was actually, his, the conclusion of that was he was thankful, he was kind of seeing that and, and uh, stepping it up a wee bit. And, and uh, my testimony was, I didn't really know what my testimony was, but it made me think... And basically, my testimony was what I said earlier. Was like when there was a wee boy, that the Lord was there for me if I wanted to choose Him, and I rejected Him. I held Him away for about thirty, uh, 30 odd years, and you know, so I was a bigger sinner than them. It's one of the daft guys kind of conversation. Do you know, see, see who was the worst sinner kind of thing. <laughs> crazy, that was a saved or saved man, it was only a few years ago, but through that, through that the Lord has taken me back to that incident that I was talking about in the Band of Hope, and he continues to take me back to this day, and I know that there's more in it, and uh, what I want to share with you today was, and I hadn't realised this until, until probably fairly recently, was that when I get saved I was revived. And see the—I don't know how the Lord speaks to you folks, but the, the Lord speaks to me in certain. How do you? I've experienced the Lord in different meetings and things like that. You know, but I, you know that doesn't matter. But the Lord, there's a, there's a I don't really know the Lord. A facet of the Lord, a, a certain fragrance of the Lord when, when He's doing a certain thing, when He's doing a certain work. That, that's my way of saying that. And, and it dawned on me what I had felt when I was a wee boy was the same as what I'd felt when I got saved the Lord was going to revive me when I was that size and I held him off praise God I got saved but then I came here and we sat in the prayer meeting and it's the same it's the same fragrance it's the same facet, call it what you want I don't know the word 
So I believe there's going to be a revival in Middlesbrough. Yeah. I know you do. You going to amen as well? Good, good. And I know there's a lot of I, I, these are the guys that I kind of talk to a wee bit more privately or frequently. But I know that there's probably others that, that believe the same thing. And uh, even those that maybe don't have the faith to believe for that at the moment uh, know something special is going to happen. So, praise God. That's me. Uh, I thought I'm not going to go up there and stand up and tell them all my wee stories and stuff about me without. Uh, who are you? That's who I was. Who are you? So. I've checked you out. You, yeah, Moody's ones know that far for the places that you all live, so if I've made some inquiries. Even chilly. <laughs> Seriously, who are you in Christ? That's really what I'm saying. And I've got a list here, and there's quite a lot of things, and time's marching on, but I'm just going to read them all anyway, because I think they're all vitally important. This is, this is who you are. If you're in Christ... This is who you are, if you're in Christ. You're God's child, you're forgiven, you're a new creature, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, you're delivered from the power of darkness, you're blessed, you're a saint, you're the head and you're not the tail, you're made near by the blood of Christ, you're victorious, you're set free, you're more than a conqueror, you're joint heirs with Christ, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, you're accepted in the Beloved, you're complete in him you're crucified with Christ you're alive with Christ you're free from condemnation you're reconciled to God you're qualified to share in his inheritance you're a fellow citizen with the saints and of the household of God you're born of God you're the light of the world what? Matthew 5 verse 14 you're the light of the world you're the salt of the earth you're the righteousness of God you're a partaker of his divine nature you're chosen, you're ambassador for Christ, you're God's workmanship created in Christ. You're being changed into his image, you're raised up with Christ, you're beloved of God. I hope you're receiving this, I really, really, my prayer is that every single person receives it. I know a lot of you know these things and so on and so forth, but I believe that there's... Uh, room for improvement and there's all and there's, there's other things that we need to receive and if we've received them we need to receive them more fully and see if we've received them more fully we need to receive them more fully again because God's like that is wonderful you show forth his praise you can do all things in Christ Jesus you press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God you have the mind of Christ you have obtained an inheritance. You have access by one spirit unto the Father. You have everlasting life and will not be condemned. You have the peace of God which passes all understanding. And you have received power. <coughs> see if you can say amen to one of the things that I've read out. Go and see Graham. If there is a chink in that, you'll not be able to put on the full armour of God. Seek God, if that's the way you do it. Generally, that's the way I do it. Graham's a man of God. Graham's got discernment for God. Graham will deal with it or he'll put 
put you in front of somebody else that will deal with it for you. The reasons don't matter, it's the outcome that matters. We need to receive the promises of God. That's who you are. I'm glad I know you all. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> who are we? Who are we in Christ? Different others, I'm sure, will view that in different ways. Eh? With a church. Everybody's a church. That's what we call the church in Scotland, you know. Some people call it an assembly. Some people call it a congregation. And that's all true. Some people call it a fellowship of believers. Some people like to talk about kingdom people. And, and it's all true, don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying that any of that's untrue. On the contrary, it's all true. But it starts hotting up when you start thinking about a kingdom of priests. You ever think about yourself as being part of a kingdom of priests? The body, and as I said earlier, the bride. What's expected of us? context that we're talking about is the bride of Christ what's, what's expected of us I mentioned memory verses earlier on I gobbled up the memory verses as I probably implied there was one that I, I said it and I memorised it and I said it and there was a, I had a level of understanding of it uh, but I was always kind of aware of it I think it was the wording of it well, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't the word of it, it was the spirit behind it. But the, the, the word of it is uh, not normal uh, UK language kind of thing. <coughs> and it tells us, uh, it's Romans 12, verse 1. It starts off with therefore, and it's all the, you hear ministers and preachers telling you that therefore means blah blah blah, look back kind of thing. Chapters 1 to 11 in Romans, uh, read them for yourself, you probably know them as well as I do. But it goes through not being ashamed of the gospel, through to all have sinned, through to the wages of sin of death. And there is phenomenal teaching there. And then, and then you get into the there's no condemnation, we touched on that already. Uh, it's a favourite one of mine, there's no condemnation. So what I'm going to say in a wee minute, there's no condemnation. If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Just continuing in Romans, there's uh, you'll not be separated from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So say so you know the verses as well as I do, but when you get to Romans twelve, verse one, I believe it gives you the answer for the Lord as to what we'd expect to do to do with these uh, promises of God and this uh, wonderful salvation that we're, we're part of it's uh, <clears throat> it was a memory verse I hope I can remember it uh, it says therefore dear brothers in view of God's mercy
offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Uh, spiritual act of worship also speaks about reasonable service but I, I want to kind of differentiate here faith without works is dead but I'm not talking about works we, we do kind of voluntary stuff and things of God and, it, and it's valuable and it's worthwhile and it's of God and don't misunderstand that but this, this verse speaks about something else this speaks about your spiritual worship and uh, remember we're speaking in the context of the bride of Christ so this is your reasonable service this, this isn't something outstandingly outrageous that God's demanding of us this, this is what, what God would have uh, this is our reasonable service and I'm from the East End of Glasgow, right? And we don't talk like this. Holiness, purity, righteousness. That's what it's at. That's our reasonable service. That's what God expects from the bride of Christ. And that's what any man would expect for his own bride, just to bring it into a kind of more natural. I believe that's what God is seeking from new beginnings. The revival's coming, I've no doubt in my mind about that. The question is, where are we going to be when the revival comes? Graham mentioned a couple of few weeks ago when he was speaking in his introduction, he spoke about Evan Roberts, who was uh, very significant in the Welsh revival. And the particular thing that's, that stuck with me with what Graham said was uh, obey God there was a wonderfully powerful moment just in here when he, when he told that story and the conclusion was that the guy stood up and said obey God I'm interested in revival and I've read some stuff on it and I've spoke to some people that have uh, <coughs> been in and around it and maybe sometime in the future Chris, I know Chris is in Pensacola and so he'll, he'll have a, a a valuable testimony there as well. The one that I, I had an understanding, I think I've had an understanding of, was the Lewis Revival. <coughs> and in various accounts that I've read of that, it speaks about God's presence hovering over the area and, uh, and the weight of God's presence. I'm sure you've heard that referred to, it's in the Bible, and, and uh, you'll have heard it in other areas, but so to me these kind of things I forgot to tell a story about memory verses which dealt with obedience which would have been helpful but uh, obedience and uh, the weight, the heaviness of God uh, are the two things that really speak a revival to me Um, there's there's no no any point comparing ourselves to other churches because there's none that I know of that have had revival and, and God's sovereign God will do it in his own way with us and I don't have any more insight than any of you folks have as to what way that's going to be so it's kind of new territory for us all but there's two things that I do know about revival and these are definites if God said it's going to happen 
it's going to happen. And if God says it's going to happen, the refiner's going to visit his church first. It sounds quite heavy. Holiness, purity. What does it really mean? And it's not, it's, when you think about it, it's not heavy. It's, it's words that we are, find difficult to say. You know, it gives you that, that Glasgow kind of analogy earlier on, you know, about getting too big for your boots, more righteous than thou and all that. That's false humility. The word that God tells you, that you know your inheritance. You, you, we've, we've spoke about it. I'll give you the verses later if you want them all. Uh, you know the witness in yourself if you're, if, you're, if you're in Christ you're all these things and certain things are expected and really God's straight and I find it's us that are compli- complex and complicated the, the, the condition that we were born with uh, God's straight, God all God's things are simple if you receive them. <clears throat> and the holiness and the purity and the righteousness, the big words, the big scriptural heavy words, for me are very simple. They're really things like uh, I can't even make the prayer meeting because I'm washing my hair uh, I thought I'd have a night off tonight I've been kind of busy at work uh, a, bit course, a bit of course talking here and there about watching <coughs> TV, dodgy TV programmes that are in fact you can hardly switch you can switch the telly on and no find a dodgy TV programme I digress for a wee minute, but we were in the coffee showing the kids a World Cup game and I switched it off at half time and made coffees and gave them an hour, whatever I do and I went back and switched it on again and the second half had they started and it was an advert, one of the smart aleck adverts that they're doing for the World Cup but there's this guy running about kind of naked with a big beard, you'll probably saw it yourself and that, that's that's uh, it's about things like it's about things like that. It's about it's about our personal witness, maintaining our personal witness and maintaining the witness of our church, which on Friday night the, the church was a coffee house, and <laughs> self pity straight for hell. But if you could if you could unspiritualise that for a wee bit, I felt a wee bit sorry for myself because I just turned it on at half time and I turned it back, and uh, then I'm culpable. So the point I'm making is you can't you can't be careful enough. You can't be careful enough with your personal witness maintaining your witness is paramount maintaining the church's witness is paramount I believe the Lord would have us think about things like coarse talking, coarse joking inappropriate dressing stuff like that call me a prude, I don't care I believe that's the word of God, I believe that's what God wants for his church, for his bride and I think any uh, person that would be honest with himself and listening to uh, some straight talking would acknowledge that 
so I would, I would offer you that as uh, what I've got to say for this morning uh, for your prayer time and uh, could I just read uh, the Isaiah chapter again Graham just before we conclude <clears throat> I don't know what the Lord's been saying to as individually this morning uh, but if you feel it's appropriate just, just put the Moody's Burn word in amongst it or put your own name in amongst it whatever way you want to take it I believe the Lord's got a diff- different uh, things to say to each, each of us for Zion's sake I will not keep silent for Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn her salvation like a blazing torch the nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendour in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hepzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, Never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies, and never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it, and praise the Lord, and those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates. the Lord would just give us verse 10 here pass through, pass through the gates prepare the way for the people build up, build up the highway, remove the stones I think think removing the stones I think that's what I've actually been trying to speak about for the last few minutes raise a banner for the nations the Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth say to the daughter of Zion See your Saviour comes, see his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought after, the city no longer deserted. Amen. Just close our prayer again here. Father God, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Pray, Lord, that if there are any in this place that don't know your name, Lord, that, that had difficulty when we were when we were considering the promises that you've uh, you've given to us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would use this morning to to draw them that bit closer, Lord, to to reveal yourself to them, Lord, to reveal your loving kindness to them, Lord that they may come to know you, Lord, and that they may move into the, the deeper things of God, Lord. I pray, Father, for the brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, Lord. I pray for these promises, Lord, and their 
just the tip of the iceberg and there are many of them. I pray, Father, that if there's any that can't amen any of these promises, Lord, that you will give them the boldness to seek you, Lord, to inquire of somebody that they trust, that they may be filled, Lord, that they may come to a position of putting on the full armour of God, Lord. I pray for your church, Lord, here at New Beginnings, Father. I pray for your bride here at New Beginnings, Lord. If your revival is going to come, Lord, as it surely will. You're going to visit your church, Lord, and we need to be in a position to wear the full armour of God, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We thank you that your provision is enough. May your will be done. Amen.